the Bringing Home the Euros podcast, live on Anchor and Spotify. afternoon welcome to the next episode of the bringing home the euros podcast today we're bringing our analysis of the group stage matches of the competition to a close as well as looking forward to the games to come in the round of 16. the accumulator will also be back later on as cal will be picking his selections and the lads will then take on the euros quiz at the end of today's show going to start today by talking about the um, games that took place on the 22nd of June on, on Tuesday. Uh, two of the games were both in England's group, obviously, and um, narrowly, narrowly beat Czech Republic and Croatia um, beat Scotland. We're going to start by talking about the Croatia-Scotland game. Um, we'll start with Andrew, I think. Um, that was an interesting one to begin with. It Obviously, Croatia take the lead. Um, Scotland equalised. Interesting game for, for a little bit, Andrew, um, but then the Croatians obviously came through and showed their class towards the end of the game. I mean, yeah, um, I wasn't watching the game, so I was following England, but uh, from what I saw with the highlights and stuff, like the better team won. I really thought going into this competition, people expecting Scotland to do anything, honestly, were, were overstating them. It was the first tournament in 23 years, and, you know, the, they've gone home. But there's a couple of positives to that because they did beat England nil-nil on the way to going out of the competition. <laughs> and um, any Scotland fans that have bought shirts during the tournament will still be within the 14-day money-back guarantee. So um, <laughs> so moving forward, I do apologise, Scotland. <laughs> but um, now, in, in all seriousness, know that like, even though they have only got one point, I, I think in, in a weird way, you know, they have... They've gone out and we can all laugh at them, but they've done themselves proud in a way. Against Czech Republic, they weren't awful. For a lot of it, they were the better team. Um, obviously, Schick did what he did. And then and then against us, obviously got a draw. And then Croatia, they did themselves proud up until the second half and it all sort of unravelled at the end. But, you know, Croatia are a good team. They're maybe not the team that got to the... World Cup uh, final in 2018, you know, they've aged a bit, but they still have classy players like Modric. And you look at that goal outside of his foot, um, it's not, in my opinion, probably the second best goal of the tournament so far. Um, I think the better team won, but um, despite only getting one point, I do think Scotland can be proud of how they've played. Yeah. Do you now expect Scotland to go forward, Dom, into other... Into other um tournaments and are they a team that qualify for the next Euros do you think? It's tough to say because I think the squad will change quite a bit but like I, like Andrew said I think there's positives to take uh, and I think particularly attacking wise there's positives to take I think um, Robertson's had a really good tournament um, I think he's looked really good on that left wing back position and he's got forward quite a lot um, and I think Che Adams and Lyndon Dykes have both been quite good as well but like I say I think It'd be tough to say whether they go forward and qualify for the next World Cup or Euro, say, because I think 
the squad will change quite a bit. Um, there are some older players in there, like Sir Grant Hanley, that I think won't be around by the time the next major tournament comes around. So I think that, you know, they have, they have a chance, but it sort of depends how they can replace those core players. Yeah. Have, um, on the flip side of that, obviously playing Croatia, Rory, um, the the decision for who got second and who got third obviously came down to goal differences. Both teams finished on four points. Have Croatia been lucky or the Czech Republic been unlucky um, with the way that both teams have played that this is the way it's worked and that Croatia have got second and Czech Republic didn't manage it just by a small amount of, um, of goals? To be honest, I think they've both played really, they've played really similar football, had really similar results, and there's not really been much to separate them either way, has there? I mean, they've both beat, beaten Scotland, they've both lost to us, both lost to us 1-0, and off the back of that, it is, it is down to fine margins, and you always know with tournaments where there's only three games in a group stage, it is down to fine margins. We've seen in other groups that teams have been knocked out by, by literally the barest of margins. So I, I don't think it's necessarily unlucky. I think you would have said before the tournament that Croatia are a more clinical team. Bear in mind, Czech Republic have only had one person who scored any of their goals as well. I'm, I'm quite glad that Croatia have come out on top. I think they've played better football. I think we played better against the Czech Republic than we did against Croatia. But I think Croatia looked quite good against Scotland from what I can tell. It looked pretty comfortable. So yeah, I think they deserve it. But at the same time, it probably, it, I mean, it won't make much of a difference as to how the tournament goes on the whole, I wouldn't have said. Mm. Is there a little bit of um, faith renewed in this Croatia side now, Jack? Because we, we, we compare it to the team that, that um, took England out of the World Cup. Um, and it's obviously an ageing team in comparison a couple of years on. We, we questioned um, Croatia in terms of their capability in this tournament. We still do. They're still not by any means any sort of favourite. Um, but with the way that they took that last game and the way they have conducted themselves in the group stage, now playing Spain in the next round, quarterfinal probably on the cards for them? Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't want to be too harsh, but at the end of the day, it was it was Scotland. Um, it was a classy performance. Um, and I know people say, oh, well, Scotland managed to hold England to a nil-nil draw, but it, it is a different game really, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, it was a classy performance from Croatia and they'll be able to take something from it going forward And um, because they have those players available to them that can win them games easily. Um, we did see that in the game against Scotland. But Spain looked good in their last game as well, so they've by no means gotten, gotten an easy draw there. Um, so it's still a difficult run for Croatia, I think. Yeah. In terms of their last game, Gautier, um Croatia beating Scotland 3-1. Did you see anything um, obvious that Croatia did in that game to beat Scotland that England didn't when they played them? Uh, I didn't watch any of the games, so <laughs> I don't really want to say anything because I, I couldn't I couldn't watch the game. I was travelling back to France when uh, Scotland played England and then I watched England, obviously, for, for the last game. So uh, this is not a good person to ask that. So if someone want to take some, so... <laughs> I'll ask the same question to Cal then. Um, in terms of the, the question is, obviously, Croatia did pull off the sort of result against um, against Scotland that you'd have expected England to do. What did Croatia do that England didn't? Um, just looked like they took their chances, really. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone really saw a lot of that game, but from the highlights we have seen, it just looks like they just didn't really give Scotland a chance. Obviously, you know, Scotland got 
got in and scored one, but then Croatia just took control of the game. And when they had their opportunities, they took them. Obviously, that amazing goal from Modric, um, you know, showed showed why he's still regarded as one of the best midfielders in the world. Um, so yeah, overall, I think it just comes down to being more clinical. Something to add to that, Jack? Yeah, well, it wasn't just a goal either, was it? I mean, it, he he completely ran the game from start to finish, really. Um, so if they have got one thing going forward that um, they can they can really rely on or one person, it's it's obviously him. So if he shows his quality in every game, then of course they stand a really good chance of winning every game, really. The Bringing Home the Euros podcast. We're now going to start uh, to talk about England um, and well, we'll first look at their game against the Czech Republic and then we'll look at um, their group stage on the whole and looking forward to the game against Germany. Talking about the game to begin with, Rory, um, some interesting changes to the start in 11. We had talked about how um, Southgate was going to change the, uh, potentially change the team. Were there any changes that surprised you when you first looked at that lineup? Well, I think the obvious one is Bakayo Saka, isn't it? I don't think anyone was expecting him to be the person to replace Mason Mount, particularly given Foden not being in the match day squad, which I still don't know exactly why that was. Um, he, I wasn't expecting much from him. He did impress me, um, but it's, it's just going to keep raising selection questions, isn't it, for that next game against Germany? It's made it more difficult for him rather than easier. Mm, yeah. Who is the uh, who is the choice for you, Dom? Now, as we've seen a few different players all play that role going into the game against Germany. I mean, this is probably, if you're looking at it on on paper, this is potentially the most difficult game we're going to have for a few games um, until we until we play some of the big boys on the other side of the draw. So you need you know your best players out there. Who goes in there for you? Well, I think. To be honest, I'd played it. I'd played Jaden Sancho. I thought he was fairly good when he came on. I thought Saka was quite average in the game. I thought there were there were parts where he did did quite well, but I don't know. I just, I just don't think he he offers enough. I don't think there's enough to his game. He's quite a creative player, but I'm not sure he's got the the end product that that we necessarily need. Although he certainly enjoyed the goal, um, taking his shirt off despite missing the header. <laughs> Um, but I, I would just like to sing Sterling's praises for a minute because I thought he played fairly well, and I think I, I'm not I'm not trying to say that he was good in the games before because I don't think he was. But I think in in this game he really showed what he was about, and he he got on the end of a got on the end of a cross, and that's more his game. Uh, he is more of a more of a finisher than a creator, and I think he linked up quite well with Grealish, who did most of the creative work for him. Yeah, you had a little bit more um, of a positive thing to say for Bakayo Saka and Jardini. I mean, it was it was quite. We can all agree it was an odd uh, an odd selection to make, and I was certainly one of those people going into the game with a very pessimistic outlook on him. I thought we're just going to see a, another bang average player, but he did do a, a little bit better than that, didn't he? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, going into the game, I, I was I was sat in the pub and I, I saw Saka on the team. And you know, I, I probably went on one of my typical five-minute rants. Like, oh, I wasn't happy he was in the team, but then, like, I thought, I thought he played well. To be honest, I really thought he did. I thought I saw a tweet where someone it was yesterday, and they were saying it must have been an Arsenal fan, and they were saying this is what we mean where he's so good even without getting a goal or assist. I thought his overall performance was excellent. He was always driving at the defence, which is something English players haven't done enough. There was a press 
on the defensive end with him, which I think um, we've lacked in general. That whole second half, I think, has put a dampener on our thoughts on everyone's performance because it was an awful second half. But looking at the first half, I, I thought Saka and Grealish were the two standout players, to be honest. Grealish with his, with his assist. And Dom's, Dom's right with Sterling in terms of he didn't have to ask, don't think he had the best game yet again. But at the end of the day, he was our biggest goal for it, even without the, the goal he hit the post. He's, he's, he's the one who eventually got the goal against Croatia. Um, I think Southgate does have a selection head date going into Germany. Um, I don't know who he's going to go for, but I do think it's going to... I do think Saka will start. I do think Sterling will start. Um, my, my thing's just... I, I, don't, I don't really get how you leave out Grealish, but no. that's not my decision to make. No. Jack, something to add to that? Yeah, I, I agree that Saka performed well. Um, I, I think he... You know, he was a clear threat going forward, actually, um, really determined to push that Czech Republic defence and, and also did well defensively. We know he's got that experience of playing in a defence for Arsenal. But the thing that annoys me now is that he's almost, and this is something Cal says, um, and he's absolutely right with it, when an English player has a good performance, they've, they've you know, signed their name onto the team sheet for the next few games. Um, and Southgate likes to say, oh, well, I choose my team accordingly, you know, on the day for that match. And I don't think he does that. I think he just will say, you know, Saka had a good performance last game. He'll be in it in, in the next game. And I don't think that's right because you've got so much quality elsewhere um, in the same position. Foden hasn't had the best tournament so far, but, you know, we, we weren't saying that when he was, you know, actually... Um, performing well throughout the, the whole season um, because he has got that quality which at the end of the day who would I rather in the 85th minute of the Euro semi-final have on the pitch is it Saka or Foden absolutely it's Foden uh, who's performed on the biggest stage same with Sancho um, even the same with Rashford I, I think they're all better players but Saka did have a good game it just annoys me that he's guaranteed a spot in the team for the next few games, especially with the likes of Grealish, who hasn't, even though I think he played better. Yeah, um, on, on the point of that, Cal, you know, finally Jack Grealish starts. Um, we get, you know, a, a really good performance from Jack Grealish as well, but he won't make that start in 11 against Germany, realistically, because of, of what we've seen, Southgate selection tactics, and with Sterling getting the goal, it, it's probably unlikely that Grealish starts. I think it depends a lot on um, how fit Mason Mount is. Um, he's due to be back in training the day before the game. So it's how well he's been able to maintain his fitness um, while he's in isolation. Because obviously Southgate absolutely loves him. He's going to be first name on the team sheet if he's available. So then who who do you drop? He's not going to drop Sterling because he seems to love Sterling. He's probably not going to drop Saka. As Jack said, he's, he's a shoe-in now because he had one good game. Um, you know, not not denying that you know Saka had a very good game, but I'm still not convinced he should have been in that starting eleven at all. I mean, I'm sure most people probably agree or have already said that. Um, you know, you've got Sancho, who's got what was it, 25 goal contributions in the Bundesliga. The German media are going mental because they can't understand why he's not playing. You've got Grealish and Sancho, who on paper probably, other than Kane, have got the most goal contributions last season um, in that England team. Um, between them, they've played what eighty minutes in three games. 
I'm not even sure it's that much. It just it doesn't it just doesn't add up. It's simple as that. You know, Grealish should be in that team. If Mount's fit, I think he gets in that team. Then you move Grealish out to the left. You could make an argument for Saka keeping his place because one thing we're going to want against Germany is someone bombing on, getting in behind the fullbacks, and Saka will offer that. Is there a better option to do that? Probably. You look at Sancho, maybe even Rashford with his pace. But I do think Southgate will go with Saka again. I just want to see Grealish in that team. He just has to be in that team against Germany. Yeah. Does um I'm trying to think of the name, the player I can see the face. Raheem Sterling, there we go. There he is. Does Raheem Sterling have to lose his place in that um England side, Rory, um, for um Jack Grealish to get in the team? No, um, I don't want him in the side, but he doesn't have to lose his place in the side. For me, it has got to the point that if he's the only bloke who scored for us, I'm not going to kind of grumble and be miserable if Gareth Southgate does pick him. I think Grealish plays, should be playing out on the left. I think Sterling probably should be playing out on the right at the moment. He has done better than Phil Foden. So as it stands, actually, slightly controversially, maybe I probably would pick Raheem Sterling against Germany. Um, so I think it's, it'd be quite easy to fit them both in. I'm pretty sure Mason Mount comes out of isolation the day before the game, doesn't he? So you can fit all three of them in and Harry Kane easily, and it probably would work a lot better than what we've been doing for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, OK, OK. Um, a quick note then on the entire group stage performance from um, England Gautier. I, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are demanding respect for this England side, demanding respect for Gareth Southgate. We haven't had the, we haven't had a test yet, really. You know, a test that proves whether we're um, capable of going to win the Euros. Has it been average from England? Has it been slightly below average from England or slightly above average for you? Um, I think pretty average for me, but I'm not going to like really go on on England being not the greatest team because I think a lot of teams were surprised. Spain didn't play well, France didn't play well, Portugal as well. Um, it's, I think it's the overall feeling of the all Euros, all the big names, all the big names don't really play well at the moment. Maybe they, they try difficult to, to get in or in, I don't know what's going on, but um, I wouldn't be too harsh on England right now. Uh, I wouldn't give them respect for not conceding any goal because, come on, like, you played not the greatest team. Croatia was really bad against you. Uh, Scotland, well, it's Scotland, isn't it? And and against um, Czech Republic, they were not that good as well. So um, I think it's just, yeah, it's fair enough. They played the, play the way they should play. They finished first. Good for them. But there's no... No, like, no, no need to go on about them. Be like, oh, they're going to win the Euros. It's coming home. None of that. None of that, please. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I should give them some respect for the fact that they're first and they they managed to to win this group as they should have been. So it's all good. Yeah. So to add to that, Jack. Not, not to that. I just want to backtrack a little. Um, on on what I was saying about uh, Southgate saying he chooses his teams accordingly to to the opponent. But on that basis, doesn't Sancho immediately get in the team against Germany because he's the only player that's actually got experience playing against a German defence and actually ripping to shreds the German defence week in, week out? I don't know if anyone agrees with me or disagrees with me on that, so speak up. But I think on that basis, he immediately gets in the team because he's the only player with, uh, with that level of experience against a German side. 
go to we've had some hands up, so I'll go with Cal first, then we'll go to Andrew. Whether there's some controversy here. I mean that that would make sense, but as we all know, Southgate does not do common sense. <laughs> That's all I had to say. That's all I had to say, Andrew. I, I was just gonna say, yeah, I, I like the logic, and you know, there's definitely like a strong basis for it. You know, Sancho's record in the Bundesliga speaks for itself. And what's more impressive this season is that he was actually very, very slow until December, and he still ended up with the stats that he did. I think he only scored his first league goal in the first week of December or something crazy. And then after that, he was basically getting a goal or assist every other week. But I was going to say that knowing the way Southgate will be thinking, you know, as Carl's touched upon, is a lot of these German players are coming from teams like Bayern. And Sancho's record against Bayern is very noticeably very poor. So... He might have he might have that in his head, but um, for for me, I I think the Sancho thing makes sense. But um, not knowing Gareth Southgate, he'll maybe point towards his record against Bayern and teams like that, and he won't go for it. Yeah, good Um I'm just thinking that if if you watched the game on on when wait, was it Wednesday Tuesday against um against uh, Czech Republic, it was boring. The second half was boring until Sancho came in. As soon as he came in, more lively, more more attacking, more everything. So I think against a team like Germany, you need that. And with what Andrew said against um, Sancho against Bayern and stuff like that, he can be a good, good choice for for Southgate. I don't know if he's going to take it or not, but he should have. In my opinion, he should have Sancho the team. Yeah. Can you have Sorry, a, a more, you know, two more creative wingers than Grealish and Sancho, really? If you play both of them against that German side, it's going to be an exciting game to watch. It's not going to be like what we saw in the last 45 against Czech Republic. Or as a matter of fact, the last 70 minutes of any game England have played so far because it seems that we just go at it for 20 minutes and then just sit back. Um, But if you've got those two on the wings, it'll be really exciting. And I think they're the two that can break a a solid German defence apart. Might get Harry Kane a little bit more involved as well, to be fair. Just a final note. Um, from you, Dom, um, based on what we've spoken about, uh, what we talked about, about England's uh, performance in the three matches in the group stages, how much do England have to improve to play this German side? Or do you think we've already seen glimpses of what of the level that England will require when they play um, Germany on Tuesday? No, I think we have to improve quite considerably. I think Germany are a really, really good side. And I think as well, Germany have a very solid system. Um, they have a very well thought out way of playing as well I think particularly through those wing backs and um, I'm not really sure where our best goal threat comes from obviously we've only scored two goals in the whole tournament and Germany have scored a lot more than that Um, so I think yeah we have to improve quite considerably but I'm not even sure that comes from the players I think that I know we've piled on him um, quite a lot in this segment but I think it comes from the from the dugout, I think we have to improve tactically. We have to improve, you know, our philosophy in terms of how we get goals and how we want to play. Uh, and I'd just like to touch on Sancho again. And I think, um, you know, Germany obviously play back three, which is a very common formation in Germany. I think we're, we're overlooking that possibly as well. And Sancho is a very quick, quick player and he does get in behind quite well. And he'll be used to um, playing against that kind of system. So I think, Southgate really needs to think about 
you know what the what what's the plan um what's the plan of attack against germany because we look quite confused at the minute we've touched on it in previous pods as well um and i'm not entirely sure we can figure out a way of winning um in the time between now and the germany game the bringing home the euros podcast um, we're now going to talk about the uh, the three games that happened yesterday. We're going to start with um, probably I, I wasn't around to watch the game, but it was certainly like a, an eyebrow raise of the um, score between Slovakia and Spain. That obviously finished at five now, which booked Spain's place in the um, in the knockouts. Martin Dubravka and goal, the poor goal, Sarabia Torres, and then a Kuka, if that's how you say his name, own goal from Slovakia as well, at the end to make it 5-0. My first question is, because um, we've seen a little bit of everything, I'd say, from Slovakia um, so far in the competition, Rory. You know, they're one of the teams that are vastly... Um, well, kind of said that they're, you know, they're going to pick up a single point, and we saw glimpses of them every now and again. Um, was the 5-0 a fair representation for you? Yeah, it was. I think that performance from Slovakia might be about the worst I've seen from a team this tournament so far. They were absolutely dreadful. I don't think Spain did anything special. I mean, they've not had a particularly special tournament. They just put the ball forwards and Slovakia didn't know what to do about it. Um, It could well have been more. It could well have been a few less. Obviously, we did have the penalty save as well from Dubravka before that very weird own goal. Um, yeah, I'd say 5-0 is actually pretty fair, which is a pretty damning indictment on that defence, to be honest. Yeah. One thing, obviously, we've seen two of the goals were own goals, Dom. Um, but finally, after, you know, a, a couple of games where Spain just couldn't finish chances, they finally got goals over the line. Does that give them a little bit of confidence going into a game that, you know, they, they can technically go and beat Croatia it's not one of the worst teams that they could have had it's still going to be a challenge but it's still a very winnable game for the Spanish team I think it should give them confidence yeah because they've been they've for me they've been creating fairly well or tournament just not been finishing at all um so to put away five goals admittedly against a Slovakia side who put one of them in from the goalkeeper and then I think the second on goal was 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 going in anyway from from that shot from Pau Torres but you know, I think I think scoring five goals in a game should should give any team confidence, and I think particularly a team that have been struggling for goals, despite you know creating a a good amount of chances, it should give them should give them a, a good amount of confidence. And I think you know Croatia themselves haven't been fantastic this tournament, although um, they got the win against Scotland in their last group game. So I think it'll be a close game, but I do expect Spain to win because, you know, th- this win really should have filled them with a lot of confidence. Are there either of those two teams go to, obviously, um, if France, well, I say if France beats Switzerland, when they should be beating Switzerland, they will play the winner of Croatia and Spain. Is the one team out of those two that you prefer to play now as we've seen them both play all three of their group stage games? Um, I'd say probably Croatia. Because they're not as good offensively as Spain, somehow I don't know. I think that Spain can still create, and it's just a matter of like days or match that they're gonna score goals. Uh, so for me, I'd rather play Croatia that I've seen. I think play against England. That was that was the worst game of attacking football I've ever seen in my life. They didn't do anything offensively. So for me, I'd rather play Croatia. Obviously, um, even though France tend to be worst against attacking team. Um, oh, wait. Yeah, be worst against attacking team, so better against 
um, more defensive team. We tend to be better on that. So that's why I'd rather play Croatia. I think. Right. Okay. 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 That's interesting. That because I'm not. I I probably wouldn't have have said differently to you, but you were quite you were quite certain about that. Andrew, on on the basis of that Spain performance, are um, people that support in Spain in danger of getting a little bit too ahead of themselves looking at that performance against a very poor Slovakia side? Or have we seen an improvement from Spain, a good, you know, a good level of improvement from Spain over the three games that they played in the group stage? So it's a bit of both, but I do think it's more the former than the latter. I watched the game and I agree with Rory, Spain weren't special. Slovakia, that was by far the worst performance I've seen from any team so far, um, the Slovakian performance. I actually think Clive Tildesley said that as they were walking off a half time, and that was when it was only two nil. Like on it, it was awful. Like the any simple pass, every single time they, they were through. Like I don't, and it doesn't help when the keeper's punching the ball into his own net either. But like in, in general, like what what I think is gonna become unstuck. Well, what I think will make Spain come unstuck is Enrique's insistence on Morata. I do not rate the man. He's rubbish. Like, 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 genuinely, I've been, I've been to a lot of football games, and he's the worst player I've ever seen. Like, not in terms of he's the worst, like, compared to everyone, but in terms of how they performed when I watched them, he was the worst. When he has a bad game, he is ridiculously bad. And like, even the other day, you know, he, he missed a penalty, and I'll give him his due. He, he kept on. He never, he never shied away after that. He had two more chances in the next two minutes after that, and they were both fairly unlucky. Um, but I don't know. I feel like when they're playing a better team, um, maybe maybe not Croatia. I'm I'm split fifty fifty on the Croatia game, but um, I'm unsure how they'd have to play after who they'd have to play after that. But if they had to play a a France or a Portugal, I really think his insistence on keeping Morata in the team would would make them become unstuck because in a game where you're only going to get three or four chances. I, don't, I just do not think you can rely on Morata to be to be your main man. So, like, if they adjust it a little bit and, you know, maybe they move Gerard Moreno to be the, the proper number nine, um, that, that could work for them. But um, he's clearly very, very keen on Morata. So, I don't know. I, I feel like they might become unstuck because of that. Yeah, there was obviously um, as well, uh, Murata came off for um, Farron Torres, Cal in that game, and then Farron Torres goes and scores a minute later. I'm sure you do agree with Andrew, but is does the change have to happen against Croatia? Do you think there has to now be a change now if Spain are going to take these knockouts seriously, Murata doesn't start? Yeah, I think that, that has to happen because um, I think it is, it's France or Switzerland after that if they beat Croatia, I think, so... You can't then throw Moreno in for his first game against France. That's not fair. France have got a very solid defence. It's going to be tough for anyone to come in, having not really played for a couple of weeks, and try and break down that opposition. I mean, Morata, I mean, Andrew said it, Morata's an absolute joke. You don't even need to mark him because he'll either be offside or he'll miss it. I, mean, he's, I, don't, I don't understand how he gets in half the teams that he does. We've said it before. Him and Chupo Moting have got the best agents in world football. Two of the biggest donkeys across Europe. <laughs> Cal is not holding any punches club. today, is he? <laughs> donkeys. I'd argue Chico Moten's played for the bigger clubs still. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, yeah. Who's that? 
They're the one <laughs> no. that tried no. to tap it in when the ball no. was going Bayern in. That Munich, cleared it. PSG, all, all similar levels. Really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, on that note, Dom, actually, just about Spain, how are the nerves doing at the moment? Because you predicted Spain. They certainly haven't got a, an easy road in. They've got Croatia. Then they'll probably play France. Um, uh, in the quarters and then in the semis it's going to be a Belgium, Portugal or Italy how are the nerves doing at the moment? I'm I'm just waiting for form to pick up form you know it'll happen <laughs> I take it they won't you don't think either that they won't they won't uh, they won't pick up form while they've got Morata up front it has to be now oh yeah they have to now get rid of decisions they have to get rid of Morata they have to get rid of Morata yeah. Um, yeah Morata I think has only had one good game in his life which coincidentally came against Stoke um, when he scored a hat-trick but aside from that game I don't understand how he's making his money yeah well I think we were all uh, pretty much agreed on that on that uh, on that point final note from you Jack um, kind of a similar question to what I asked um, Gautier before about um, which team would he rather play who are the better side going into that game between Croatia and Spain uh, I think Andrew said it's Excuse me, it's really 50-50. Um, Croatia, as I said earlier, taking some real positivity into that game. But at the end of the day, I think I agree with Dom that Spain throughout the tournament have been creating chances but not being able to put them to bed. So uh, if they take their opportunities, then I think Spain can, uh, Spain can take this one. But then uh, going forward... Um, looking like they're going to play France unless Big Shaq fancies a hat-trick. Um, but, yeah, it'll be, it'll be France's game either way, I think, whether they play Spain or Croatia, to be honest. The Bringing Home the Euros podcast. We're now going to talk about um, Portugal-France. I'm going to come to Gautier first. Um, a note on Portugal, sorry, France's performance against Portugal to begin with, and then at the end of the group stages, how confident are you? Um, I think it was a very boring game. The first half was awful from both teams. France may be slightly better, but that's really debatable, I think. Um, but overall, I think that it's a better team. Overall, uh, they got two pens that obviously were penalties. It's got one being more, being more debatable as well. But um, I think overall, we were a team that was uh, more in then the um, other team's half. Um, Coleman did a really good entrance uh, in the middle of the second half. Really put something clear in the ball. Benzema finally scored. Really happy for him. The slender in France was going crazy. So that's some positive, positive takes to it. Um, but um, overall, over the group stage, I think that I'm not that convinced. I was expecting better, especially against Hungary. And though Hungary is actually a good team. Thing, but um, the only games, the three games were not great. That that's not the team that I played for 2008. You know, uh, we were exciting. We were scoring goals, when asking mode all the time. Right now, it looks like we move the ball, move the ball, but we can't really do anything with it. So, um, hopefully, we play Switzerland uh, in the round of 16, and then Spain, Croatia. So this is not the best team in the Euros right now, but. Um, yeah, not convinced about about France. Uh, still a bit shaky about uh, winning the Euro still. Yeah, I mean to be fair, I think I think a, a 
we'd say the same about Portugal as well, Andrew. At the end of the groups, we'd have expected a little bit more from Portugal. It now shapes up quite a nice um, round of 16 game between Belgium and Portugal. Yeah, definitely. Um, that that group was, you know, I mean, it was a really exciting group, wasn't it? I thought I thought yesterday was, to be honest, one of the most exciting. Like the, the second half was one of the most exciting 45 minutes I've seen in football in a long time where, one minute we were playing France, one minute we were playing Hungary, one minute we were playing Portugal. It was, you know, I couldn't keep up with it. But um, yeah, I think Portugal, Belgium, to be honest, is it's a tie that I'm I'm really unsure on because going into the groups, you know, I think a lot of people made France and Portugal the two favourites for the competition to go all the way. Based on, on what I've seen, I, I'm I'm unsure on Portugal. Like France, I really do just think that I do think they're just going to click. I, I, I do think they've just got the potential. The boom, they, they just will, and they'll manage it. Portugal, I'm a bit more unsure on because I know their fans are a bit unhappy with um, Fernando Santos's uh, team selection, um, especially with the likes of they're all saying Ronaldo Sanchez needs to start. Um, and uh, to be honest, I thought Portugal played better without without Bruno yesterday I've seen um, but that Belgian tie is going to be a great one I think because Belgium are another weird one they've had a fairly nice group so I can't really tell what level they're at but uh, you know if you have De Bruyne and Lukaku on form I, I think I'm just edging it for Belgium you know I think I'm going to go for, for a Belgium 2-1 win against Portugal okay Okay. There was in, in those two games that we saw Dom yesterday in, in Group F, um, especially the game between Portugal and, and France, you know, there wasn't a lot on paper to separate the teams at the end of the game. You know, there, was a, there was a shot um, between them. There was 6% of the ball. They, they were within 50 passes of each other and very similar pass accuracy. Are these two teams still two of the favourites to go and um to go and win the Euros still, bearing in mind that Portugal have got out of those two teams, Portugal have got a very, very difficult route in now, obviously Belgium in the round of 16 and then most likely Italy in the quarters. Not Portugal, I think. I think I agree with Andrew, to be honest. I think France will eventually click, although it, it it's not been encouraging in the group stage. Um, but I think against Switzerland, they've got, they've got a good opportunity to, to you know, to, to, to put out a, a better performance than they have done in the group stage. But I agree with Andrew. I don't think Portugal are all that. Um, and I actually agree on Bruno as well. I think they've played better without Bruno. But on, on Bruno, I would say that he's played a ridiculous amount of football this year. I think to, to expect him to put in the kind, of, uh, the kind of performances that he put in for United this year um, for Portugal is asking a little bit too much of him, considering how much he's played. Um but yeah, I think Portugal still quite reliant on Ronaldo. He scored the the majority of goals for them this tournament, which which you'd expect. But it, you know, I've not seen enough of the rest of the team, bar probably Bernardo Silva and Jota in that one game um, against Germany. I think it was. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think the rest of that team is 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 on song. And I, yeah, I'd I'd agree with Andrew. I think I think they're they're out of the running for me. Yeah, there is definitely, uh, besides that point, there is definitely a, a more difficult side to the draw than the other, Rory. I mean, on the on the side with um, France and Portugal, you've got Belgium, 
Belgium playing Portugal, Italy, Italy playing Austria, France playing Switzerland, Croatia, um, then on the other side, it's Sweden, Ukraine, England, Germany, Netherlands, Czech Republic, Wales, and Denmark. By the time we get to the semi-final on the first side of the draw, um, which is you know going to be a France playing maybe an Italy or a Belgium, do we think that by that point we've got the winner? Those are the best teams on that side of the draw. Not necessarily. I'm not. I'm not as much going to agree with. Dom there, I think Portugal are still quite good. I think they've had one bad game against Germany and then they've actually, they were better than France, I thought, yesterday. So I'm not going to count Portugal out. I'm also not going to count Switzerland out because I said it at the start, they're, they're my dark horses for the tournament and I just do think they're a good tournament side. I actually thought they looked really convincing and really, really good against Turkey. So I'm not going to count Switzerland out to beat, to not to beat France. I'm not, that's not me saying that they will. Uh, I definitely think the stronger sides are the ones on that half though. So I think you're still looking at France being favourites. You're still looking at Portugal being pretty high up there. For me, you're looking at Italy, who've probably been the best performing team in the group stage. So you'd, you'd hope so. But at the same time, I think there's so many teams that have shown that they can win it or so many teams that have shown that they might not, that there's a lot of mystery still to come. Yeah, we'd seen uh, just off the back of the of the performances then of that group um, in, in Group F, Cal, um, we now, I think we'd all agree that, you know, Italy have probably been the best team coming out of the, coming out of the group stage with the way that they've played. Are they, um, do we think that, well, do you think that they're, regardless of if they come up against a Belgium or Portugal, do they still edge in as favourites or is there one team that maybe is going to give Italy more of a run for their money by the time they get to the uh, semi-final? I think it's difficult to say that they're favourites until you've seen them come up against one of the out-and-out top sides. But, you know, based on, as you said, based on form in the groups, you'd probably say Netherlands and Italy have been the two best teams in this competition so far. So although you can't say they're a favourite, it would be harsh to say they're not in the top two or three right now. Um, we just can't say for definite either way until we see them against the likes of a Belgium or a, or a France or someone like that. Yeah, yeah. I just had a quick look, actually, Rory. Based on Rory's uh, recommendation of uh, Switzerland, he's still got them as his outsider. They're currently at 100 to 1 to win, so definitely worth a pound if you're... Uh, if you're a betting person. Um, a note on Italy from you, Gautier, as well, because obviously France, um, if they're going to go all the way, they won't get to the final unless they play Italy. Um, on that side of the draw, are they the team that you fear the most? You've got Belgium, Portugal, Italy, Austria, Switzerland, Croatia and Spain. Are Italy the team you fear the most when you get to that semi-final? Mm, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I don't know, Belgium, just based on 2018, I'm not going to say Belgium. Portugal will just play them. Uh, Austria, I'm not going to go through. Switzerland, Croatia, Spain, no, no. So, yeah, probably they're going to be the team that I'm looking at them and I'm like, ah. and especially because I think France never play well against Italy. The way Italy plays just weird and some team can play well and some team can't play well against them. And I think we are the team that can't really play good against uh, Italy. Um and I mean, I, I, I hate Italy. I'm not gonna lie. It's 2006, they're yeah, not, not a fan, not a fan. But um, yeah, that'll be a team that really uh, would annoy me if we go against them. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. Um, I know on, let's talk about Germany, Hungary, Jack. Um, I mean, Hungary, uh, firstly, been very hard done by you. Like, you'd like to think that the state have had an easier group. Um, they they certainly have got in at third place um, with the way that they played. Looking forward to the game that 
Germany will have against England. Are there any positives to take for England fans based on the way that Germany played yesterday? Yeah, I uh, I actually watched the France-Portugal game, but I was saying to you guys earlier, I read something that Hungary actually trailed for the fewest minutes um, in their group, um, which is unbelievable, really. Um, and it's something that just shows that that third place system and the way it's been done um, isn't really fair to some teams. Um, clearly, it wasn't fair to Hungary because they played some really good football against the best teams in the world. Um, and then going forward to the England game, of course, positives to take. I mean, it shows that Germany can be exposed. They've got a, you know, a, a really experienced defence and one of the best goalkeepers in the world, if not the best goalkeeper in the world over the past year or so. Um, the, the first goal was very good and, and, you know, we can have that quality from getting in the crosses and um, I know that people will want, will want Kane, but if you've got someone like Calvert-Lewin, you can score those uh, headed goals like that from crosses. Uh, yeah. And then also the, the second goal um, shows that Germany aren't always on it. They can, they can switch off like every other team. Um, so as long as we stay completely focused, and I know it sounds stupid because it's the Euros, it's, it's a football game, you should stay focused for 90 minutes, but it often doesn't happen. So if we maintain that concentration for the full 90 minutes and Germany slip up once, then, you know, 1-0 England and it's coming home. <laughs> What's it say about Hungary for you, Dom? I mean, look at the stats from that game. They, they um, went ahead twice in that game against Germany. They finished the game with 24% possession, a third of the passes that, that Germany had made and half the shots and half the shots on target. Um, a couple more fouls. You know, there was a, there was a massive um, gap to separate these two teams, yet they can still put Germany behind twice. Yeah, I think Hungary had two good chances and took them. Um, outside of that, I mean, it, it's an impressive performance for a relative minnow against one of the biggest and best sides in the world um but outside of those two chances that they didn't really offer much but that that doesn't really matter does it because you know they, they took those two chances and and showed a lot of you know determination and stuff but I, I've got to say um on Jack's point about Neuer he did make a bit of a mistake for the second goal I don't know if he should have ran out quite so quickly and you know when he did he probably should have spread himself a little bit more to make a better a, a better job of saving it but yeah I think you know d despite not offering a great deal Hungary did do really really well and I think they can look back on this tournament and think you know they did themselves proud and and showed a good account of themselves and if they were in a, a different group perhaps they might have been able to stamp their authority on it a bit more and I think we're forgetting as well that um, their best player was was out um, from this tournament so Who's um who's gone to Leipzig? So I think you know, if circumstances were different, we might have seen them challenge in another group. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I asked the same question to you, Andrew. That uh, asked to Jack about the performance of Germany now. Um, we've kind of seen them a little bit up and down and in the middle in in their three games um in the group stage. You you'd obviously preparing for the worst as, as Gareth Southgate, but are there positives to take especially from that last game against Hungary for England going into this round of 16 game yeah of course I mean I, I think that's the weird thing with with this tournament so far but bar in Italy I think every single team 
has had games of shakiness and, and the, they've shown some weakness. Um, but I'll say the same as what I said to you before the Portugal game when we went to the fan zone. And I said, you can never discount the Germans. I said, I could not believe that no one was even talking about Germany at the start of the tournament. If you still go through their team, it's a very strong, very strong eleven. I know it's not quite what it used to be, and there's a few players are ageing, but still a very good team. So I, th I think people really did underestimate them. But at the same time, I, th I think it's a really even game, England-Germany, to be honest. The, the only thing I would say is, <laughs> I know I know all we've done on this podcast is, is bash Gareth Southgate. But for me, the big difference is you, you have one manager who will be willing to go for it and one manager who isn't. You have one manager of Black and Love who's going to be thinking, you know what, we need to go into this being positive and, you know, we, we want to score goals because that's what Germany have done well, bar in the France game, but they missed a few chances. Whereas England, I feel like we've always looked more content to just not lose rather than win, if that makes sense. Like, even Scotland, at the end of the Scotland game, we weren't the ones going for it. Scotland were. Steve Clark brought on a couple of attackers and and we almost seem to have settled for a draw with Scotland. So if there's anything that, that makes me doubt it, um, it would be that. But I definitely think we've got a chance. I think, I think we've got a very strong team. And to be honest, I don't really think I've got a prediction for that match until we have seen that, uh, that starting lineup at, at four o'clock on, on Tuesday. I don't think I'll have a genuine prediction because Southgate, you could just... He could whip out the team that I want. He could whip out some that none of us expect. And um, I think, to be honest, I think it's going to be a really tight game, and I think it could go to extra time. Yeah, obviously, looking at the at the route into the final now, Rory for England, um, playing Germany in the round of sixteen. We had also talked about how. England fans shouldn't really be that keen on playing like a Sweden or a Ukraine because of the way that they will set up and frustrate England. But you'd still like to think we're going to beat those. In the semi-final, it's going to be a Netherlands or a Denmark um, on first reflection. But, you know, even then you've got Czech Republic and Wales playing playing those two teams. Um, should England now be looking at that? If they're, certainly if they're beating Germany, should they be looking at that thinking we're the strongest team on this side of the draw we now have to get to the final after we've beaten Germany no I don't think we do I think we've played three games where we've come into it thinking we're the strongest team and I don't think we've necessarily done it that well I think potentially a little bit of pressure might do quite good things for this side I I rate the Netherlands I mean I don't rate the Netherlands massively but they're a good team they've done well in the group I really do also rate Denmark as a side I think they've been quite impressive so I don't want to go into either of those games thinking we're the strongest team, we should win this. I'm not even that confident for Germany, although that said, I think there are worse teams we could be playing. I think we've got to come into it and think this is going to be a really tough game and actually put ourselves under a bit of pressure because I think actually that we, we're not we yet to really test ourselves as an international team in that sense. We didn't really do it during the World Cup. I think it could be quite telling. And if we don't win that, then you've got to say a whole change of system, start again. If we do win that, then we say, right, okay, we've got a good chance of winning these Euros. Yeah. In the in the game and in the quarterfinal, Cal, that we've got, that we would have if we beat um, if we beat Germany, we've obviously seen good things from, from Sweden in places in Group E um, and Ukraine finished third in Group C, I think. Um I take it Ukraine are the team that you would much rather play in the quarterfinals. 
I don't really think it should matter. Um, it's similar to what we said about the other games. If we're worried about teams like that, why are we in the competition? I know we can't go in with a complacent attitude, but if we're worried about squeezing past a Sweden or a Ukraine, we've got no chance we shouldn't. Like, if we're worried about that, let's just tank the game against Germany and let's just get home. Because it's a waste of time if we're worried about the next round against bang average teams. Yeah, yeah. It, voice of reason there, to be fair. He's, he's on the attack with Southgate, the way <laughs> Southgate's playing today. Um, Jack, final word on that then. And we've seen the other teams that, that we can play on that side of the draw. Um, there's Netherlands, Czech Republic, Wales, Denmark in, in, the, uh, in the semi-final on that side. Is Germany the most difficult game we can have here, though, in terms of playing the 11, the 11 players that Germany are going to put out? Is this the most difficult game on that side of the draw for England? Yeah, I, I disagree with Rory. I think if we do beat Germany, then we have to, we have to get to the finals, really. And the only other team is the Netherlands, I think, that stand a chance of, uh, of beating us or a team around the same quality. The Bringing Home the Euros podcast. Well, now it's now time for us to do our predictions. Um, again, you know, Sesha let us down a little bit, to be fair, on the, uh, on the last accumulator. We were expecting to all be £3,500 better off. Um, but uh, that didn't come through. It's Carl's turn to pick the predictions um, this time round. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what uh, what he can do. Um, I've got the tournament tree in front of me, so I'm just going to go down the games as we go. So we're just looking for the result after 90 minutes, Carl. Not necessarily the winner of the overall tie. The result after 90 minutes, please. Um, so we will start with the game in Seville, which is Belgium and Portugal. What are you thinking? This this could very easily go either way. Um two teams that on paper should be absolutely world-class but have been average um, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Belgium just because they've been slightly better in the group stage than Portugal Okay, doke um, Next game is playing on the 26th um, in uh, Wembley between Italy and Austria I think I know what you're going to go for for this yeah, I mean, it, it has to be Italy doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely uh, Next game is France and Switzerland in Bucharest France all, all day Yep um, and in Copenhagen, the game we talked quite a lot about uh, Croatia and Spain after 90 minutes. I think that's actually going to be a draw for 90 minutes. I'm going to go 1-1. Morata to miss at least one open goal. <laughs> Morata to miss at least one penalty. Um, next game in Glasgow, Sweden and Ukraine. Fascinating that's being played in Glasgow. Um, I'm going to say a draw for that one as well after 90 minutes. Yeah, it's quite a difficult one to pick. Um, England, Germany, this is the big one. I mean, don't go with my head or with my heart. Um, <laughs> go with your I'm, head. Don't, let, don't listen to your heart. Oh, um, <laughs> in that case, I'm going to say a draw again. Okay, okay. He didn't quite have it in him to say Germany <laughs> win. Um, Netherlands, Czech Republic is the penultimate game. Has to be Netherlands. Okay. Okay. Again, and it'd be a be an interesting uh, interesting game. And then finally, Wales and Denmark. Again, could be could be a close one. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Denmark. I think they've been fairly strong throughout the group stage. Okay, I haven't got the odds in front of me. I'll probably put them out on social media after I've uh, after they've been calculated. But we've had we've got three draws in there after 90 minutes, so the odds are going to be pretty good. About Let's hope for some 40 to one. There you go, straight away. I'll hold him to that. That's that'll go out if it, especially if it is 540 to one. Maybe if if you've got it right, maybe the stars have aligned and we might actually win it. The bringing home the Euros podcast. 
it's now time to finish today's episode with the return of the Euros quiz. Um, it's current, it's still 2-0. We did have a draw last time, so whether you want to call it a 3-1 or, or a 2-0. Um, but the 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 team that doesn't have Cal or Jack in... It's 3-1, I think, Yeah, we'll call, call it 3-1. Um, but Cal and Jack are still uh, still looking to get their first win, and they always have like a, a sort of impromptu member that joins them from, from the other guys. Um the question today, we've now finished the group stages. There were 17 teams out of the 24 that played the group stage that have scored three or more goals. Um, you need to name the 17 teams that have scored at least three goals in the group stage. Um, and we're going to start with, um, Carl's going to take, we've had some problems with, with Jack's internet today. We have, we've had some trouble all over the, uh, all over the place, but Carl is, Carl's internet is seeming pretty, uh, pretty reliable at the moment. So he will take the, the captain's armband for, for that team today. Carl, do you want to get us started? Um, easy one, Spain. Yep, takes the uh, first point of 17. Uh, I don't really know who's the, who's the, uh, like manager on the other side, I'm thinking Andrew's probably been on that side for the longest. So Andrew's got the uh, the final call. Yeah. Well, we all know Italy's scored more than three. So Italy. Yep. yep. Makes it one all. Cal. Uh, Germany. Germany two one. Croatia. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Either way. Yeah, yeah. either's fine. Take which I'm one just you confused want. by what team I'm on, by the way. Just to just, just you're just, on man and Dom's. Yeah, okay. sorry, I should have said I should have said Cal Jack and Gautier and then Andrew Dom and Rory. Um, which team are you going to go for? We'll say Croatia. Netherlands then. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, you need to get your team in order. <laughs> right, we'll go for Croatia. It would have been funny if you'd have just thrown out a completely random team there as well. Uh, to all, I, I don't know who you're going to go for, Cal. I've, I've got a feeling I might go for the Netherlands, you know. Yeah, yeah, it makes it 3-2. Do you think that, that might be a good shout, Cal? <laughs> uh, back to you, Andrew. Any, anyone else? I, I, I have got one. But... Switzerland? Um, yeah, there's a few. We'll, we will go for Switzerland. Switzerland, very diplomatic. Three all. Um, Hungary. Hungary, four three. Belgium. Belgium is correct as well. Has anyone Ratten said Germany? Yeah. No, uh, but I think. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. Gonna go for... Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, sorry, you did. It was the first um, one. But last one team in that group, uh, Portugal. Yes, it's correct as well. Five four. I've over halfway already. Sweden have, right? Sweden got... Um, yeah, Sweden have. Sweden. Sweden is correct as well. 5 all. Uh, Denmark. Yeah, Denmark, yeah. Go with that. Denmark's Four, also Denmark. correct. 6-5. Um, I've got um, Czech Republic have, haven't they? Um, have they? They, they got... Um, they got two against Scotland. Yeah, and then Patrick Schick scores three on his own, hasn't he? Oh yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll go for Patrick Schick, please. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. To make it six all, Patrick Schick for six all. No one said France. Five to go. No one said France. Have we not said France yet? I don't think France have scored four in a game. That's three in a game, though, have they? Not in one game, just in total. Oh, is that? Oh, it's just in one game. Yeah, yeah. 
Just yeah, no, no, it's not all in one no, game. It's just three in total. Yeah, yeah, France then, defo. Yeah, I thought I'd already said the mirror. Oh, yeah, but every game. Yep, seven six. Can't lie, definitely have Ukraine. Yeah, he's yeah. got two, and Yarmolenko's got two, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely Ukraine. Ukraine. Didn't they win one four nil? No, I think the second game. Oh, did they? they? Might have done. Ooh. No, because they got two. It was three two against the Netherlands, wasn't it? They lost three two to the Netherlands. Oh yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, it takes it to uh, seven all. Back to you, Carl. Three to go. Who? Sorry, Switzerland. We said Switzerland. I was thinking that Wales, Wales got two in one game. They must have scored one in yeah, one. Yeah, they scored, sure. they scored uh, against that, that Kiefer Moore goal. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and then um, Roberts and Ramsey as well. Yes, yeah, so we'll, go, we'll go Wales. Yep, takes it to 8-7. Austria. Austria have. Yeah, they have, that's true. Uh, Austria. Eight all. So now the last team, Cal. I'm not. I'm going to be ruthless and say... Not, I'm not going to go for the draw. What you can do, though, if you don't know it, is you can pass it and let the other team play. Don't want to put any pressure on you here, Cal, but definitely know it. It doesn't have a tipping think... point, doesn't it? Um, God. Oh, no. I'm trying to drive and think this. <laughs> not a good idea, Surely, surely there's got to be a time limit on this, otherwise we're just taking an L. I'm going to give, I'll give you another 20 seconds or so. Uh, you can pass it if you don't know it. Whether whether Rory's playing mind games or not. Do you reckon they actually know it? I mean... <laughs> either, either way, I'm determined to get I'm, I'm thinking maybe Poland. I, I know they've been terrible, but they have scored a couple of goals, haven't they? I, th- I think they did. I'm yeah, pretty sure they scored bad. three because they lost two one the first game, and then they scored two against uh, the last game. Well, we, we've got we've got enough now. Let's go Poland. Yeah, let's go Poland. Going for it. Yeah, they've done it. Well done. Well done. Cal, on safe the record, I did message Andrew that answer beforehand. So I wasn't <laughs> doing. Yeah, the, the seven teams that didn't manage it, the four teams that only scored two, it's Russia, England, unfortunately, Slovakia, North Macedonia, and then Scotland, Turkey, and we Finland. We had Poland in a little text message as well. We were ready to say it. But... <laughs> there you go. Again, once again, it's showing that we actually know what we're talking about. We've managed to do that. I'll have to come up with something a little bit harder for the uh, to the next one because that's the second time in a row we've actually completed the list um we will be back um probably towards the end of the week maybe sunday um start of next week for the uh for the first episode that gives reaction to the round of 16 um in the meantime take care and we will see you soon the bringing home the euros podcast live on anchor and spotify